Well, hello, this is Noah Heron, and you are listening to the All Our Ways podcast, and I am so excited that you're here. Today, we have an incredible guest. His name is Grant Skeldon, the man, the myth, the legend. This dude is one of the greatest leaders of an entire generation. He's a connector. He is a thought leader on so many different things. Um, to so many different people, we're going to talk about comparison, we're going to talk about taking initiative, and also staying challenged. This is genuinely one of the best conversations that we have ever had, and uh, I really think you're going to enjoy every second of it. But before we get into our conversation with Grant, I wanted to remind you to check out Feed, that is F-E-E-D, to all of our student leaders out there. Uh, have you ever wished you could get a view into what your students actually think about their faith and hot topic issues. Not just what they tell you that they believe, but what they really think. Uh, Feed allows you to do that. They have this tool called Insights. It makes it easy for you to do just that through these short anonymous surveys from students. This tool is completely free, can help you measure discipleship, spiritual health, uh, so many other things in your students on a regular basis. And you can try an insight survey for free at feed.bible slash all our ways. You should seriously check it out. You don't want to miss this incredible resource. Today, we have Grant Skeldon. He is in the process of moving to Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, he's getting married in just a couple weeks after this episode drops. Exciting time for him. He started the Initiative Network, which is a network that really merged together hundreds of uh, next-gen leaders around the world. He's an incredible human being, one of my best friends. And uh, today we're going to dive into just a really special conversation where he dropped bombs all throughout it. You're going to love it. Hope you have notes close. Before we let Grant talk, I just want to remind you that um, I've got a book that just came out. I think it could be helpful to you, could be encouraging. Uh, it's called Viral Jesus. You can find it on Amazon by searching Viral Jesus Noah Heron. And uh, Grant was actually one of the people who encouraged me to write the book. He uh, was an endorsement for the book, wrote uh, about the book on the front cover and um, the front inside cover of the book. And so if you want to go check it out, go check it out. But for now, let's get into the meat of the conversation with Grant Skeldon. All right, Grant, bro, welcome to the All Our Ways podcast, man. So excited that you're here. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me, bro. So you're days away, for those listening <laughs> who might not know, you are literally days. We're in the days away from being a married man. How are you feeling right now? Um, dude, I always knew I'd get married when I was 30. Like, even when I was 19 <laughs> or 20, I knew. I, I don't know, man. I feel like a lot of young people want to get married like as mm. soon as possible, especially if you yeah. go to a Christian school. They, I mean, oh, yeah. freshman year, they're like, why am I not married at a Christian right. school? But right. for me, I think don't rush it. Like, yeah. I love that I didn't do that for a long yeah. time. Like, I, you could either pursue a mission or pursue marriage. Um, and oh, I feel like a lot of people pursue marriage way and then consider mission. But yeah. I, I'd rather, I, I've been, this is my mission. I've been pursuing it for a while. And I truly do find a girl that knows what she signed up for when we, mm. we got together. Or better is she also, I found her while she was on her mission and God had given her calling. And so, wow. We're getting to now like compliment each other in that, but um, you have so much more free time before you get married, as you know. And so, so true. Um, I know what I'm losing or sacrificing, but I also know how much I'm gaining. I mean, 
honestly, what's been cool the last few days is how much I feel like I have a crush on my fiance. And even <laughs> yesterday, she called me and I could tell by the way she was looking at me. I was like, hey, what's up? And she's like, oh, I just wanted to see you. And I'm like, it's funny. <laughs> and so I, 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 I like that. I like that there's like this new level of like romance. Um, Come on, man. Well, I would say that it, the strategy of waiting definitely paid off for you. Cheyenne is incredible, and yeah. uh, I'm super pumped for you guys, man. But uh, we're going to talk about some really exciting stuff. I want to start um, with talking about the fact that your nickname, for as long as you live in my book, is going to be the Millennial Whisperer or Wolverine, one of the two. <laughs> Um, you look like yeah. Wolverine, but you have this insane ability um, to connect next-gen leaders, uh, to lead next-gen leaders. Uh, I kind of talked about it in the intro of this podcast, what you do already. But um, you know, there's a lot of people who are Gen Z, millennials listening to this podcast, and they really want to be better leaders. They want to be more effective in their space, whether it's in the church, in the business yeah. world, in culture, whatever it is. What are some things that you look for specifically when you're trying to find next-gen leaders? Uh, for me, I, I actually, I have like a, I might not get every list. I, I have about five things I think that I would always try to look for. And this was even when I was in college. Um, I actually called initiative, initiative network. Cause I used to be, that was like the number one thing I looked for in a young person. Um, and I still, I find myself not having the initiative. That's, that's yeah. what you were looking for. Okay. Yeah. Initiative, uh, is just that they, I usually want to find out what is, what do you, if I find a young person, what do you want to do? Like, have you, have you figured that out? I know that's like a scary question for a lot of young people, but um, a lot of young people have an idea of what they maybe want to do. So I, that's the first thing is, are they clear on a, a ballpark area of where God's called them to be? Two is I look for, uh, are they doing anything about what they say they want to do? It's shocking how many people would say when I was in college or out of college, like, hey, I want to do something in anti-human trafficking, or I want to preach, or I want to write, or I want to pastor, or I want to start a business. And I'd be like, awesome. Like, what are you doing currently? And they're like, well, and by and large, they would say nothing. They're not doing anything. Yeah. And so I'm like, if, but if you were, you don't even have to be killing it in that arena. You just have to be doing, like, I'm currently taking steps in that way. Hmm. I think God honors that a lot. I think he opens doors for people that do that. So I look for that. I look for people that take initiative. I look for young people that spend most of their time with other young people that are taking initiative. It doesn't have to be in the same direction. Um, I say that unity is not everyone doing the same thing. It's everyone doing different things in the same yeah. direction. Um, mm. But if I spend time with young people that are also moving, I inevitably am going to move like me and you and our crew, we kind of push each other. We never say, no, you better do this or Luke, you better do this or Carson or Rashawn. Yeah. But because we're always moving, it gives us permission to believe, Hey, if Noah's doing it, I think, I think I could possibly do it or he could help yeah. me and Grant's doing it. And so I think if you hang out with a lot of young people that just not go to the bar, go to clubs, do all this stuff. I think the, the enemy to our generation, especially Christians in our generation is not that the enemy's trying to get us to do a lot of things that are clearly sinful. He's just trying to get us to wait on God to give us absolute clarity before we do anything <laughs> until then we'll just chill and play call of duty and, yeah. and watch Netflix and hang out with our friends and go to church. And it's yeah. funny because none of those are bad things. They're just not the mission that God's given us. And so 
Uh, lastly, mm-hmm. I look for young people that have mentors. And then um, fifth would be that they are pouring into someone else to get them mm-hmm. further, faster. Dude, that's so good. I, f- I feel like we literally could drill down on what you just said for this entire conversation. But uh, Grant has actually written a lot about this. I'm going to link your book um, in the uh, show notes so people can learn more about some of the stuff you just said, particularly mentorship and um, discipling and stuff like that. But something that has stuck out to me about you since we met, for those of you um, who maybe don't know Grant or I, we met on a retreat to Colorado that uh, yeah. it was the first like network retreat you ever did, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. And uh, there was like 10 of us. We were, um, we were all guys. We we're all doing different things. But like you yeah. said, we were, we were moving in a similar direction. And ever since I met you, I mean, that was almost four years ago now. It's crazy. Yeah. Time flies by. Uh, you have been so open-handed when it comes to helping other people that many would see as competitors to you, you know, mm-hmm. other young leaders, like you're not selfish with opportunities. You actually like give them out. It's like you're regularly yeah. talking to guys like me, talking to uh, girls around the country and saying, Hey, this is an opportunity. I think you would be better than me for like, do you want this? Um, that's really rare in our generation. You know, uh, I, I think we're going to touch on comparison in a second, but, um, I think comparison is part of it. You know, like I want you no, to do is. well, as long as you don't do better than me is <laughs> kind of yeah. like the feeling yeah. of our generation, whether we admit it or not, where did that come from? Is that always been natural for you? And what, what do you benefit out of doing that? Yeah. It, a good question was like, where did it come from? Uh, when I think, no one actually asked me like, where did it come from? I would say, in my opinion, it's a no brainer to help others, even if they get further than you, um, or are more known than you. Uh, if you are driven by lost people, like, mm. um, if, if the mission is no God, which we do, yeah. and then make sure as many people in my, in our heart is for our generation a lot and just everyone, yeah. but I mean, we know too many people in our generation that are don't know God or far from God or hate God um, and hate Christians. And so to me, there's too many lost people for us to we don't have the luxury to shop cheap or like protect our people. Um, I remember seeing um, I went to Guatemala once with the president of Compassion International Mm -hmm. and the dude's such a sharp, humble dude. And. Uh, I remember on the third day, he has all these like unbelievable pastors. It's like 10 of us on a trip with them. Dr. Henry Cloud's there. It's like insane. And you we were really impressed. I mean, this is, we're impressed. It's three days of seeing all the work they're doing. This is the biggest child sponsorship organization in the world. Thousands of staff, billion dollar organization. And he does a, he gets out a whiteboard and he starts drawing how many people they're helping, how much staff they have. They're building it up. And I'm like, yeah. And you're seeing, wow, it's insane. And then he says, now let me show you the problem. Let me show you how many kids today do not have, uh, they live in poverty and that don't have anybody helping them or supporting them. And when he showed the problem, it literally, they were 1% of so solving the problem of how many kids. And he said, so we may be the biggest in the world, but we're still just scratching 1% of that itch that there are people, young kids all over the world that desperately need help. And what I loved about him, and he said, so we could think and we could pat ourselves on the back. And for most Christians, they're so impressed that we are who we are. They think we're the big guys. 
we mm. think we're small. We think we're borderline a choke to we're not really making a big dent. And so to them, him, he would say too, is like, they don't have the luxury. They could though, ironically, we could just be like, you know what? I'm settling for, I'll just be really well known in the Christian circles and I'll do a little bit of good here and there for those outside the church. Um, and I think, uh, I think, you know, of him, Jeff Vanderstelt said, did the sermon long time ago, like when I was 19 and he said, there's never been a time in American history where it's possible to impress Christians without ever looking like Jesus. Hmm. And that to my, to this day is like a temp, uh, a litmus test. So like, am I impressing Christians yeah. or am I looking like Jesus? Cause you yeah. can, you could, uh, for the rest of our life, just impress Christians, write books, speak, and yeah. never share the gospel, never do anything to help others. And so to me, lastly, I'll just say is, yeah, I really do want a generation to know the Lord. And even with as much as I help other young people advance what they're doing to reach other people in our generation, we still, I think every single one of them would say we still have so much work to do. And so hmm. um, as long as I don't have, lastly, I'll say it also comes from a scarcity mindset. When we don't yeah. want to share our resources, share our connections, hmm share wisdom that we've learned and we could help someone get further faster. It comes from this scarcity mindset instead of having this mindset of God has cattle on a thousand hills. Like if I introduce you to someone, yeah, it's not going to change things. Like, like, yeah, I mean, just before this podcast, you're meeting one of my biggest donors. So I, if she meets you, you think like, you think that, um, but the reality is you think I'm the only person that they're helping. Like they're helping right. so many people. Like they're not yeah. going to be like, well, because I now choose to help Noah, I'm not going to yeah. help Grant. That's not the way people live and think. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I, Dude, I so wish good. that there was more of that, that mindset. Dude. So good. That, that quote from Jeff, um, you said that on our first retreat, the, uh, I don't want to be impressive if, uh, you know, if I don't it's possible like to impress Christians without looking like Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Bro, that's been, you, you don't even know this, but like nine months later, you know, our ministry at the gathering started to really blow up and, um, and the Holy Spirit convicted me by reminding me of that quote, like, you, you know, this ministry is starting yeah. to look impressive to Christians, but does it really look like me? And it's, man, it's just, uh, it's, it's carried so much weight. Uh, I want to segue into something that you're really passionate um, about talking about, you know, you're around so many Christian uh, leaders. And I think sometimes as Christians, we can preach about comparison. We can post about comparison, uh, and still struggle with it, you know, behind the scenes. And, um, I would love for you to just kind of share maybe things that have helped you with comparison or really just speak to the subject in general, because I know that, on some level, we're all dealing with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do think <laughs> there's a uh, Frederick Douglass, who's like this old school black dude, like, <laughs> uh, big, big, uh, like historic, legendary black figure in American yeah. history. He said, uh, the only way to destroy my enemy is to make him my friend. And mm. I think that that's uh, really been helpful for me in comparison is like if I am comparing myself to someone often and we all do have that, I have that. Like yeah. I, I, the crazy thing is I thought about writing a book on comparison and I thought the irony is I, there isn't a pill to take or a truth to accept that uh, ultimately and forever removes comparison to so probably till the day I die, there will be a new 
thing that I'm surprised I can compare myself to. So like for me and you, we don't have kids, but yeah. I've talked to more parents where they're like, it's interesting when you have kids, you do start trying to compare your kids to other kids. You don't wow. tell your kids you're doing that, but you do. And I'm like, <laughs> and I've never thought about that. That like, that I, I'm not even comparing now me to someone else. I'm comparing my kid and they don't even know I'm doing it. Like, oh my uh, just there's so many areas where it could pop up. I remember asking propaganda once on an interview. I was like, How, what do you do? Do you ever struggle with comparison? I mean, you, I said, you have made it. Like so millions of people will watch that four minute gospel presentation video video uh so many people know who you are in the christian circles especially in the hip-hop circles you're like a household name in that world and he's like you're right but also you're wrong like if you ask people outside the church who i am they don't know who propaganda is and so there's always someone else i'm looking at that i'm like man i wish i had that or i i see my friends doing this he's like it never kind of really goes away no matter how high you get and so um i think one thing i would say uh to that is like (laughs) Yeah, I just think, how am I going to make that person my friend? And I think mm-hmm. one part is, can I pray for them? Uh, can I spend time around them? Uh, can I, I do think the reason why God gets us to pray for our enemies is not so that we pray prayers that gets God to change our enemies. I think it's a trick, personally. I think God <laughs> gets us to pray for our enemies to change our posture towards our enemies. Like, mm. I've noticed the more I sincerely try to pray, sincerely, not just, okay, I'll do it out of obligation, but like, if I try to slow down, pause and think if i was him or if i was her what do i wish people would be praying for me and i start praying that based on their season based on all the things people are saying about them thinking about them trying to take out take from them whatever it may be i start feeling like empathy for that person Um, and i start having more grace for that person and all of a sudden slowly not in one day but over time i'm like i have a unique amount of grace for a person i once uh, subconsciously compare myself to all the time yeah man i i feel like just with the age that we live in with social media obviously being a, a huge contributor where we compare things that no other generation has ever even been tempted to compare for sure you know it's yeah. like like i wouldn't have even even known about 99 percent of the things that i know about uh 20 years ago if i was if mm-hmm. i was the age that i am and yet here we are. Um, when it comes to like sticking with, with comparison, uh, this idea of like being challenged versus comparing, right? Like we, the start of this conversation talks about like our, our circle and how that I've never felt like there's ever been any comparison with that group of guys that you mentioned, but I do feel like, yeah, I yeah. regularly want to be better because of you guys. And it's not like yeah, I want to be better than you, but you do. W- what's the difference? How do you know if what you're feeling is, is a challenge or if you're comparing yourself? It's really good, dude. And I've never talked about this, but I've thought this the last couple of weeks is um, the two unnecessary outcomes or the two red flags of comparison that I'm like, man, if we could just get free of this, because I don't see think people talk about this that much, is two things that happen that give me a sign that I might be comparing and is, am I having a lot of anxiety around like, I'm missing out on this or I should be doing this? Um, do either do am I, am I manifesting a lot of anxiety or a lot of ambition? One of those two, um, and it's 
because of comparison. It's not because of God's calling on my life. Um, hmm. An example would be we're in uh, Corona, the Corona days, I guess, if you will. Yeah. And right now there's a pressure. A lot of people can feel, especially younger people of like, I need to create content. I need to start a podcast. I need to start a blog. I need to start right. writing. Even me, I felt this pressure. Like I'm talking about writing a book. I've thought like, <laughs> will future grant be mad at present grant for not writing the book during this time when there's so much free time and he probably yeah. will be but like i i don't want to do it because it's like i don't i gotta feel like and maybe i'm i'm late to the game where i'm like i want to know for sure god it's you um that's telling me to do it not because it seems like a really good opportunity it seems very strategic um but like sometimes i feel like i get anxious and it's just because of comparison. It's because I see other people doing it. I see like, man, Carrie Newolf is killing it in this area or someone else is doing this. And I thought about doing something similar. I missed my shot or I'm like crazy ambition. I'm like, I'm going to hustle. I'm going to grind. I'm going to build this. And it's not, it's 80% of it is like, because I see other people doing it. So I think it's the right thing to do. 20% is because of the gospel and because of God. Um, and so I don't know if it's possible to have it where it's a hundred percent. I'm just trying to be yeah. honest. No, like, totally. Where it's like a hundred percent because of God. I do think maybe David Platt and Francis Chan can do it a hundred percent for God, <laughs> but like um, for us other uh, simple sins out there, I think, yeah, we, we, the majority of my motivation, I want to be because of the gospel, because of yeah. the lost, um, because the mission that God's given. Um, and when I feel like most of the pressure of my ambition and my anxiety is coming from because I know everybody else is doing it or someone else is going to do it before mm -hmm. me. That's, I don't think, I don't think God's going to be, I feel an urgency to bless that person. I don't yeah. know why he would. I think he would actually laugh at it. <laughs> like, yeah. like, dude, that's, yeah, you don't, you don't need that. And lastly, I'll say that the scariest place, I've said this for years, is the scariest place I ever want to be is where I bust down a door and I get on the other side of that door and then I'm like, dang, I've been trying to work so hard to get this and now I got to perform or make this happen or do this. And basically we end up begging God, please bless what's on the other side. And God yeah. could be like, bro, I, I wanted you to go through this door at some point, but I'm not trying to. It, you're not ready for what's on this other door. So we're begging him, well, please, will you save me? And and I do think God will save us sometimes, but I re that's exhausting when we have to maintain it by the way we like broke down the door. I'd rather be, and I've seen God do this, I'm sure you have too, where it's like, I'd rather be in a place where I'm patiently, almost like, God, you better make it sure it's you because I don't really want to do this, but if you call me to do it, I will. So that one, I'm on the other side of that door and I don't feel capable. I don't have the resources, the connection, the wisdom, the experience, the giftedness. I could always say, God, I didn't want to do this, but you are calling me to do it. So I'm going to, I'm going to trust you to provide. And he will, because he opened yeah. the door. So, and he will thrust us through doors faster sometimes than we thought we were ready for. Um, and so a big prayer I pray is bless or block. Um, just very simple. And it's scary, especially if you really are trying to force something is, are you willing to pray God bless it? Or block wow. it like if it's of you bless it make it so clear it's you that i'm like okay it's for sure you or so clear it's not you but some of us really want something or someone so bad that we're too scared to play pray or open up that god could block it because we really we want to make it work or we think we we know better than him but if mm -hmm. we really trust him and we really don't care about our name we care about his we'd be willing to say bless or block a lot more First of all, I want to I want to go off Blesser Block in just a second, but um, I'm such a child. When you said that, you know the game Bop It. 
Yeah. I, I immediately thought of like a Christian version of Bop It, like Bless or Block It. I don't know. It's It, it could be a thing. <laughs> Maybe someone's listening. You make toys for a living. Uh, there's a niche. Okay. I, I want, I, I had another uh, section that I wanted to talk about, but what you just said was so good. And I think you are so, um, you're such a testament of what you just said, because you've shared this before on our retreat. Um, the second one I went to, you talked a little bit in, in some downtime that we had. You talked a little bit about how God opens doors that no man can and how like you're, you're a living example of that, right? Like you didn't come out of some mega church where, you know, you were just given opportunities because of where you were around you. Your story is really a testament of like, you've been faithful, you've been obedient and God has just continued to open up these doors. I mean, you're, you're sitting having conversations with Bob Goff and, you know, just the biggest Christian leaders on the planet at 30 years old to someone listening right now who just heard you talk about uh, the anxiety that comes with striving. What would you say to that person um, as it correlates to the doors that God opens in, in his own timing? Explain it a little bit more. What would I say yeah. to someone? So, so like, be, because I've been in that space, right? Like the striving, the striving place. And I think you can know that you're striving and not really know how to get out of it, right? Like, like the rhythm of your life, like feeling like, man, if I don't work harder or I, you know, I want to take initiative, but I also yeah. don't want to bust down the door like Grant's talking about. Like, what's yeah. the line? Like, it's a hard balance. Yeah. It yeah. Is. But I do think, again i think that is why uh bless asking god to bless or block on a regular basis is Mm. is a really really big thing i mean i think uh i think if i go to an event and um it's it also it's like dude our generation is dying for like affirmation and especially if you're talking about christian if you're listening to this you're probably like a younger christian that has an intuition towards leadership uh, I, there are too many young Christians that really want to build something, not because they felt that at mm. a young age or feel that like a vision or dream. It's just because they see a lot of other young people doing it. Or you get yeah. online and you're like, dang, they're getting to do really cool stuff. And yeah. why are they getting those opportunities? Oh, it's because they're a leader, a speaker, an author or yeah. whatever. I mean, how many young people are trying to write books because yeah. they know other young people that have written books. So they feel like, oh, now I need to write a book. It's like, that's a i hate writing books like books, <laughs> it's, it's the worst <laughs> books are so hard dude they are so hard like um and to think that you would want to do that it's that was, that's a punishment dude to like yeah. do it where it's already hard to do so it's hard because it's like yeah there is some urgency and some difficulty like following god even for the right reasons still has the hard elements i just want to ask myself and reevaluate my heart. Am I doing this for God or am I doing this for me? Like, um, am I doing this for God and other people that are far from him? Or am I doing this for me and to be known by those who already know him? Like, um, anyway, I, yeah, I I guess you do have to like come back to God and reevaluate like what, what is driving me. And, uh, I don't think God will ever, I, I think there's too few young people that are like slowing down than like speeding up. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think God's going to get mad if you like say, Hey, can I, I realize this is really like costing 
if you're ever working so hard that it's costing your relationship with God and you're going so fast that it's costing you your relationship with God, like he's not calling you to go at that pace and he's not calling you to go at that weight of a burden. Um, there's too many leaders that have gone ahead of us. And I'm not going to say any names, but there's too many in the last three to five years that have yeah. been found out to be doing a lot of stuff that is shady or just yeah. terrible. Um, and it's not because they were really bad people. It's because slowly they were mm. probably putting too much on their plate, going at too fast of a pace, which leads to loneliness and leads yeah. to even more pressure when you're, you don't have community. You're not, you're not still long enough with God, mm. let alone with other people that slowly but surely as you're lonely, you want to find satisfaction or yeah. connection other places. And so anyway, I think, I think slowing down would be, would be helpful for our generation. Yeah, man. What what just spoke to my soul, like the, the two things that jumped off of what, what you just said that have been really um, helpful to me is, is like the reevaluation, like the, the check-in with God of like, mm-hmm. like, does, do I need to slow down or am I at the right pace? Like, that's not just like a once a season conversation. That's like a once a day conversation, you know, like that has to be, that has to be all the time. And then just being still, like how often do we like pray and, and, you know, maybe maybe you've got a great prayer life, but what that really looks like is like, you talk a lot, but you you don't listen, you know, like you're, you're not still enough to hear. And, um, yeah, but, uh, Okay, so real quick, let me personally share this on that on that point. Yeah, and this will be something yeah. that's very uh I never wanna I don't not that I never want to, I don't want to talk like an expert and that I don't have also like I said, that I feel like I'm very aware in my heart and my mind of comparison. And I feel like, man, I I feel ahead of most in my generation of conquering certain uh just pitfalls that can Traps. be there, but I still and like, dang, I felt, I'm still, I'm thinking about it. Like, it's funny. I've never told him this. I'm going to tell him one day because I could tell him it'd be funny. It's like when I first wrote my book, it came out around the same time as Jonathan Bakuda, who I look up to so much. And I think I have, he's, I still get a little bit nervous around him just because I like respect him a lot. But I remember his book and my book were both like, his book was two young people. My book was on young people and his book did really, really well. And it came out one, two months before mine. And I was like, I had that as a gauge for when I came my book. And so when it didn't meet his, some of his standards, I was like, Oh, kind of disappointed. And I realized I'm comparing myself to a friend, like someone yeah. I look up to. And so it happens like, uh, but I, I'll say right now you're talking about um, just, yeah, going the pace, anxiety, all that kind of stuff is even yesterday. Uh, I, yesterday was praying to God, like, man, I, I rewind real quick. Like two years ago, I was going at such a fast pace. And I would say yes to so many opportunities. And since I was single, I had a lot more free time to do that. But I remember um, I lost the girl I'm marrying now. She broke up with me because I said yes to so many opportunities that all lined up around the same time. I never considered my spiritual and emotional and physical health that I would just pour out, pour out, pour out, pour out. And the irony was it was under the banner of God's name. Um, but it came to a point where I was on the road all the time. And there was one point where not only that, I was just terrible on a level of communicating. Like, I don't know about you know, but when I was on the road two, three years ago, two years ago, I wouldn't, I just check out, like I wanted to be all where I was. And so I wouldn't call Cheyenne or check in (laughs) or say, I was just kind of like, 
and she'd get mad. She's like, Grant, it's been like eight hours. You haven't, it's tonight. You didn't even say good morning, nothing. Like, yeah. I'm like, babe, but I want to be here with these people. And I'm like thinking I'm the good person. I'm like, why don't you support me? <laughs> and You're being so I didn't communicate well. And then I didn't communicate while I was on the road and I didn't communicate when I was going to be on the road. And so it came to a point where I, um, I was going to basically, I needed to communicate. Hey babe. She was saying, Hey, this week I wanted to do this and this. Um, are you open on Tuesday or Wednesday? I look at my calendar and I realize, oh my gosh, I'm going to be out this week. And I didn't even tell her. And she's like, where are you going to be? I said, babe, I've been meaning to tell you for the last two weeks, but I want, I've been on the road a lot. So I haven't communicated to the one or two times I was with you. We were fighting or we were having such a good time that I didn't want to bring this up because <laughs> it didn't make the bad time. <laughs> and she's like, where are you going to be though this week? And I'm like, I'm going to be in Brazil. <laughs> I'm gonna, And she's like, how long are you going to be? I'm like, eight days. <laughs> and literally, she she broke up with me that night. And she, she broke up with me. And I'm so, my pace was so fast that I didn't even register that. that. I was like, good, whatever. It mm. took like, I feel like a week or two. And I find this with a lot of fast-paced, hardworking guys. Sometimes it takes too long for them, for their feelings and emotions. It was like two weeks later, I realized, dang i messed up like dang i let a really good thing get away um and i came back to my room which was a mess i don't know if you remember seeing this picture of me posting on my room was just a mess and i thought god kind of like whispered to me like that's kind of your heart right now is Mm. you're just moving so fast it's not that you're like a really dirty person it's that i never had enough i never gave enough space when i got home to really clean up unpack i would just like get home put bags in the clothes in the uh, clothes in the bag go to the next thing put those clothes in a bag, go to the next thing. And it just kind of added up. And so um, I say that to say that led to like a revolution in my heart of seeking spiritual, emotional health. I would highly recommend the book, Emotionally Healthy Leader by Pete Scazzaro. Yeah. Uh, one of the best books of our generation, in my opinion. And the irony is I've now been through two courses with Pete himself, and I'm in one right now, but on the emotional and spiritual health and the importance of it. And I feel like I'm someone who's trying to be very intentional about that. But two days ago, because it's been this way for like two, three weeks where it's just hard for me to want to spend time with God. And I, yeah. I'm wrestling with him like two days ago, yesterday. I'm like, God, I know I want you. I know I need you. Not only that I need you, I want you. And I want to want you. But I also don't want you. <laughs> like, and I feel terrible. And, I, yeah. and I, I, I know if I don't start wanting you, things are going to get bad again. And, and I feel like... Anyway, I just say that to say like, that's a check-in. Like I'm checking yeah. in. I've shared that with um, a couple of friends. And uh, yeah, I think if you don't do that with your heart and our God already knows, so you're not mm. going to like make him mad. Like he's, yeah. he's glad for you to bring it up. And um, I think it's just checking in with yourself, being honest with yourself and talking to others. Um, however, again, it's, I, there's a part of me that used to be mad, like, or disappointed. Like, God, why can't I just, feel the way I felt at my high and just keep that. I'm like a bad Christian because I keep coming down. And someone once told me that's you're like expecting to eat the best meal of your life at a really nice restaurant. And you're expecting that that meal has to be so good that you'll never want to eat again. And that's just Mm. not how it works. No matter how good that meal is, you will get hungry again and you'll have to eat Uh again. You have to eat again. You have to eat again. He's like, it's like that for the rest of your life. So Uh stop thinking you're bad because you get hungry again. Like, so that's, that's kind of helped me think that it's, mm. it's never going away, but also we should be intentional for the rest of our life to fight for that time with them and for him. 
Bro, I could listen to you talk all day. I think that you should write that book, put it on Audible, and make it like 22 hours long so that we can just loop it on uh, the All Our Ways podcast, bro. It's so good, man. I hope hope this has been, uh, hope you guys have been able to take okay. notes fast enough uh, with Grant. We're going to close out like we always do with rapid fire questions. I've got some ones I've really been simmering on for Grant since I do know him pretty well. Um, some uh, questions that really mean a lot. Question number one, are you ready, Grant? How so? Ten, like what? Five second answers? Ten second? Yeah, give answers? me you. You can give me like a five second. I need your answer in five seconds or less, and then afterwards yes. you can give me an explanation if if you feel okay. Like. Okay, first that comes to mind. Then okay, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Out of all the Avengers, which one needs to be canceled? I felt like Black Widow and Hawkeye. Both of those. <laughs> I mean, they're. They're not they're weak. that necessary. <laughs> yeah. They're weak. They're so weak. Uh, I mean, Grant, even Hawkeye said, "Like, why am I? Why am I here? I have a bow and arrow." <laughs> at that point, you should have just been out of the out of the movie. Uh, Grant's yeah. a really big Marvel fan, so uh, I I, I kind of had a feeling that um that you would say that one though. Uh, okay, who's your who is your favorite uh, Avenger? It's really hard. Uh, I mean, it's an order of Wolverine. And then Spider-Man or Iron Man behind them uh, okay. come next. And they go back okay. and forth. Yeah. Okay, last question. If you were going to give a TED Talk on one subject, but it could not be related to anything inside the church, just something that you're passionate enough to give a TED Talk about that's unrelated to anything that you're doing right now, what would it be? Go. Um. Dang, that's such a unique thing i don't i swear i know it but i don't like not the my <laughs> knee-jerk reaction um country music dude probably country music dude you're moving <laughs> to nashville bro this is yeah. incredible you and hip-hop in actually so well. country music and hip-hop and what's similar and what's different but how much sim- more similar they are than yeah. different Who, who's your the favorite future? country artist this is a, a bonus one this year morgan wallen yeah but, um but overall probably josh abbott band okay i like whiskey myers um, yeah those kind of guys i Maddie's like keith urban too he's like my he's like my guy that i know it's not cool to like but he's just he's awesome no dude i actually ran into keith urban at a starbucks in nashville once he lives there or at least he used to live yeah, there yeah yeah um, he, does. I, he does i say that like like we know each other well we ran into each other no i, I saw him sitting there and i was kind of freaking That's out awesome. but um, <laughs> yeah maddie is uh you know she's from alabama so you have to like country music there and so since mm-hmm. we've been married she's been slowly introducing me to some country music stuff it's not all bad it's not dude all bad. morgan wallen and luke combs for a new person that's listening to new artists yeah listen to those two grant this is such an honor man thanks for uh hopping on here for uh blessing us with some some wisdom some insight and uh gonna link all your handles in the show notes for people to connect with you but uh just want to say a big thanks appreciate it man see you bro